this is the Voices in Japan podcast with Ben and Burke, and on this episode, we're joined by Gareth, who owns a few businesses in Hokkaido. As the country starts to ease some of the restrictions that were put in place during the state of emergency for the coronavirus, we discuss some of the new habits that we've picked up and also changes that we are seeing here in Sapporo. We also talk about some of the interesting behavior that we're seeing in the news, such as elderly people who seem to be out enjoying life instead of worrying too much about the coronavirus. It'll be interesting to see how things play out going forward, but this was a fun little update for us to record, and we hope you enjoy it too. Good morning. Morning. <laughs> hey, morning. mate, how you doing? Sorry. <laughs> good, good. You know, you guys just got up? No, no, I've been up for about an hour or so. I just got back from Siskino like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was, I was out there last night as well for, for dinner and it was, um, was kind of nice. It wasn't too busy, not like how it normally is, but it was, uh, it was a nice, a nice kind of busy. I liked it. Yeah. Where were you? So you were actually out in the in the city last night in Suskino. Yeah, we had our uh, our first date in three months. So went out to a nice restaurant that we normally go to, a Japanese izakaya, and then went to a, a pretty cool oyster bar up by Tanuki Koji Ichome. It's all, yeah, it was all right. The the oyster bar, like it was a bit kind of overpriced. Bit too fancy, but it was uh, it was busy there. Like all the all the tables were full, and then we uh, hit some karaoke at the Thriller. How, how you guys been? How you been, Gareth? Uh, yeah, not too bad, mate. Actually, I've um, been uh, pretty good in the last couple. We're pretty very very busy the last two weeks, but uh, been uh, kind of back on track, I guess, with life, which is kind of cool. I guess busy uh, busy doing what. Uh, busy work and getting the getting the bar reopened, um, building the gallery that Matt and I are going to reopen, building a barbecue area up at the hotel in Rosita. Nice, a gallery. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, uh, I've got a place uh, North Twenty Four that uh, is a tenant space, and I can't really find a tenant for it or haven't been able to. So, so is what it about- like going to be um, like an exhibition space? Yeah. Exhibition space and free space, right? So just a rental exhibition, free space, very cheap. But uh, there's just nowhere for artists to display their work around Sapporo very much anymore. Um, and I, it was just an idea that he came up with, and we thought we might try it together, possibly get connected to uh, young people around the around the Sapporo and young artists and stuff like that. So we'll see how we go. Can they also uh, like sell through the gallery, or how how does that work? It's uh, just for exhibition, or yeah. Well, what you do is you just rent the space. Like, there's all different systems in in uh, in Sapporo, but there's uh, the one that we'll be looking at is just basic a uh, rental space, right? So they just pay a small fee per week, um, and they have to be there uh, while it's uh, while their artwork is there. Basically, they display it. And if they want to sell it, they can sell it. Uh, it's up to them. Some galleries do the same thing and then also take a percentage of the artwork sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't do that at the, at the beginning. We just want to, you know, sort of encourage people to come in and sell. Um, and my kind of hope is that I've got a whole bunch of 
kitchen equipment up at Rosutsu, so I'm going to slowly bring it down and I was hoping maybe at some stage we might be able to get like a coffee machine or something like that and I don't know, maybe a fridge, maybe the artist can sell drinks or something to people who come in. When's uh, all planning to kick off the, the, the art gallery? Is there like an uh, opening day or something you've got planned? Uh, not specifically at the moment, mate, because it's it's really like basically I've done 99% of the work and Matt's chucked in about 1% so far. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, <laughs> Matt, if you're listening, you're doing a good job, but um, uh, he, he, I think he's heading out down there today, though, to, to do a bit of painting. But, I mean, he's got a different job, right, so he's also been pretty busy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of, it's just a lot of painting, you know, it's like you have to, we have to paint all the walls and all that sort of stuff. So it takes, does take a fair while to get all that done. That's um, good to hear. So everything's yeah. kind of going back to normal. For, a for little you. bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think last time we spoke, I, I spoke, I was, uh, I was spending most of my time in front of TV playing video <laughs> games. I think I was <laughs> leading the most inactive life you could possibly come up with. Um, but I actually watched the, um, I'm not sure if you guys saw, I think you did, but I watched that uh, Michael Jordan Netflix uh, series. Yeah, oh, that was amazing. The Last the Dance. Last Dance. That was amazing. And uh, I just think that was, and to be honest, I, after I watched that, I, I think I got a bit more motivated. You know, you, you watch somebody who's so focused on a goal who just continuously works hard at what they do. and. And, yeah, uh, that guy's an animal, right, Michael yeah, Jordan? Just incredible. Yeah, just incredible. So I, 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 uh, I literally finished watching that and I just thought, you know, come on, dude, you've got to get off your fat bum here and start <laughs> to do some stuff. So uh, I got really hardcore motivated. I, um, I then cleaned the house just from the top to bottom. I don't think my house has been so clean. <laughs> and then from there, that, that brought us to the end of the lockdown, basically. And uh, then since the end of lockdown, it's just been all systems go. So been like just crazy busy working 12 hour days six days a week so how about you Burke I guess you said um before that your life never really changed during the whole coronavirus situation yeah well I mean like in the sense that I was kind of working the whole time and I was one of the people that was having to go to the office all the time so whereas some people were working from home uh, so in that sense like my daily routine actually didn't change too much plus like my wife was working most of the time and she was at at home a few days uh during the whole thing or maybe like once a week or something but our daughter was also kind of going to nursery school the whole time so our daily routine didn't change too much but i mean it is nice that things are finally starting to open up again and we're kind of going out in the city uh like the first day still our place opened like we were up there having meals in the restaurants and it was really strange like every single store basically that you went into they had a hand sanitizer uh, right at the doorway and they asked you to like uh, cooperate and put hand sanitizer on so sanitized our hands with alcohol like eight times within like 40 minutes or something (laughs) I kind of got to wonder about that a little bit they were doing temperature checks at some places so there were like a lot of uh, you know measures that were being put in but it was just nice to like go into a restaurant and have them yell at you and you know, it doesn't seem like there are many as many people or customers as there were before coronavirus started, but there's still a lot of people. And it's like, I think most people that are out are like locals from Sapporo because obviously there's not much tourism going on or started back up again. So it's kind of like all the local people are out enjoying all of the businesses and parks and stuff together. 
uh, and you kind of know like everyone who's around you is probably, you know, 90%, 95% from Sapporo. So it's kind of like a local community feeling a little bit if you think about it that way. So it's been good and it's been, it's been fun. Yeah, I was out at T- Tanuki Koji and um, yeah, it kind of felt like how Sapporo was about seven or eight years ago before like the huge influx of tourists, especially like the Chinese tourists, because there's almost zero tourism from uh, foreigners anyway so it's all yeah like locals but it's it's a there's a nice vibe around town even though it's not as lively as uh, as it normally is and i kind of like it i kind of i'd be happy if it kind of stayed that kind of busyness you know you don't have we didn't have to like make any reservations for the restaurants we could just like walk in and there was always two or three spare tables which was uh, which was nice yeah, I mean, I think a lot of places are obviously waiting for the tourism to start back up again. Like the hotels around uh, our place, like I think they're still not in business yet. And you kind of got to wonder like uh, how big of a hit they're taking, obviously. Um, but the windows are all still dark at night. The uh, I think I mentioned this before, but the hotel at uh, Sapporo Station has kind of put been putting up figures in the windows uh, for the past two weeks, like smiley faces or or the shape of Hokkaido, like they turn on the lights in the rooms to kind of make those shapes. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of wondering like when all that's going to get started back up again. I guess they said that they've started to allow or they're going to allow entry uh, from overseas people from a limited number of countries. But uh, I think there's some people, maybe even Gareth, that are hoping that uh, those crowds return to Sapporo soon as well. Yeah, big time, mate. The the two or three tables at each restaurant vacant means the restaurants aren't going to be around for very much longer <laughs> if it keeps going that way. So, so yeah, uh, yeah, we're we're getting pretty desperate. We uh, we actually opened up our restaurant last week at uh, Rositsu, which is admittedly not Sapporo, so there's less people around, but uh, it was just open on a Saturday night, but we literally had zero customers come in so uh, for the entire day, which is very obviously very disappointing. Hmm. Um, but uh, you know, the locals this. The locals are not enough to support the businesses that are here. That's that's all there is to it. So, and especially businesses like ours that really rely on the on the foreign tourist trade. You know, so yeah, I can't wait till they they get back in and uh, start to start to you know get the numbers up a little bit and stuff like that. I understand that. Uh, I, I I too also. It's kind of nice sometimes wandering around with the feeling it's a little bit less crowded and and stuff like that. I totally agree with that, but. Uh, unfortunately the businesses just won't survive if it stays for too much longer so <laughs> i'm looking forward to it for sure yeah you guys don't you you got another big opening coming up here pretty soon uh yeah we do we are reopening the uh bar which is barefoot bar in tanaki koji um it was a uh sort of a it was a sports bar basically um uh, but we are sort of going to we've got a couple of new managers coming in who were the managers out at Rositsu actually um, and Mike, the same guy that you interviewed a while ago, he's moving into Sapporo and he's mm. going to open and manage the bar here in Sapporo. Um, and he's a chef too, so he's going to do a new menu and that sort of stuff. So it's going to move the move the restaurant or move the bar more towards a craft beer and tappers style menu bar. Oh, lovely. I love the craft beer. Yeah, yeah, mate. So we're, we'll have, I don't know how many we'll have on tap to begin with, but uh, we'll have a few and that's the idea is to slowly push the bar into more of a craft beer, but we'll still have all the sports. We've still got all the TVs and the, and the ability to show the sports. So we'll still be showing sports down there, but it will be less of a direct sports bar and more focusing on the craft beer and food. And it feels like so good to kind of know that some of those places like that 
are going to be open because I mean, obviously uh, we're not going to have beer garden uh, next month, right? That's been, no, it's gone. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The biggest letdown of the year. I of think the year, is, uh, big time. Yeah. 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 I have a, I have a friend that's visiting uh Sephora. He comes every year. I think, uh, I think you might have met him, Gareth uh, Jordan. He was on our podcast uh, last summer. We recorded an episode in the beer garden. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, so he comes every year and he's he's booked his ticket already. Oh, great. Um, so he's, yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Hang out at the barefoot bar. Hang out at the barefoot bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, talking about like habits that we've picked up during this situation um and yeah just wondering if there's any that you will continue to uh take ahead into your daily lives going forward so obviously uh the the probably the biggest one or the main one is uh face masks i mean for me before corona i'd never really worn a face mask before i didn't i didn't believe the effect and effectiveness of them but uh but now even though I still don't really uh, fully appreciate how effective they are, um, I, I think I'm going to wear them just just as a, a way of kind of, you know, social etiquette going on public transport. Because, uh, you know, when, when you see someone that's not wearing a mask now, you kind of feel the stink eyes coming at you. And I sometimes give it to people too when they're not wearing a face mask <laughs> in public. <laughs> How about you guys? Are you going to carry on wearing face masks? Uh, I, I, uh, I will. I was already a little bit for work anyway. When you're painting and stuff like that, those little masks are nice to keep the dust out of your dust out of your mouth and nose a little bit. But uh, yeah, probably. I certainly, I certainly feel a stink eye around the place as well, mate. When you, if you're not wearing, I can tend to wear one just for for other people's comfort more than anything around the place. But I, I, I guess it depends on how we go with the vaccine and that sort of stuff. You know, I think once it once we start to have a vaccine or a treatment, then perhaps things will return a little bit more to normal and I won't be wearing it as often, I think. I'm not sure. What about yeah. you, Buck? Uh I mean, yeah, I think we'll be uh, wearing it pretty regularly, just like you said. I mean, when you're out, uh, the number of people that aren't wearing it is pretty low and you kind of feel like, uh, I mean, what are they doing, trying to make a statement, you know? like. Uh, but uh, to be honest, though, the thing is, is like getting really warm now. And in Japan, there's, you know, a lot of articles coming out and stuff. Uh, saying that they're worried about heat stroke uh, because of people wearing masks. And we were out, out yesterday and it was a really warm day. And to be honest, like I was taking my mask down a lot, uh, walking around carrying my daughter and stuff because you do uh, obviously get a lot hotter uh, keeping the face mask on. And we're just starting to get into those uh, warm and hot months here in Sapporo. So it'll be interesting to see like how uh, diligent people are about keeping their face masks on uh, when the temperature does start to get up to around 30 and stuff. So. But I feel like if you're outside in the open, there's less of a need for a face mask. Yeah, for sure. So usually when I'm kind of walking outside, I'll have kind of my face mask on my chin. It's only when I when I go inside somewhere like the subway or a you know department store that I'll actually put it on. Um, but I've I've seen people you know they have the face mask kind of lowered where it's not really on. And even if they're like in a supermarket, they have it like that. It's almost like, well, what are you doing? You're not yeah. really using a face mask. Yeah. Yeah. No point. <laughs> Maybe it's like a fashion thing. I don't know. 
Oh, I was just seeing the same thing, mate. People walking around like with it on their face or, you know, covering their mouth but not covering their nose or anything anyway. So you sort of think, <laughs> you know, does it really have any meaning at all? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> We're also kind of struggling a bit because like our daughter is uh, right around uh, two years old and obviously she doesn't want to put the face mask on. I mean, sometimes she starts to say stuff like uh, we think she might actually put it on for us, but, but she doesn't. So, I mean, half the time, like I'm walking around uh, and I've got to carry my daughter, like we were kind of shopping the other day and uh, she doesn't want to wear her face masks. And I think like some places say that if they're up to the age of two, like they don't care if children are not wearing face masks. But obviously you see a lot of kids that aren't wearing face masks anyways, because they probably just don't want to put it on. But yeah, I'm like walking around carrying her and she's like basically, you know, same face level with me, but she's not wearing a mask and I am wearing a mask. So I don't know. I guess you just try to do the best that you can, but. Yeah, I suppose that's the thing is a lot of time it's just about risk reduction and if you can get it as low as possible, then that's the best you can do, I suppose, isn't it? Another thing that I've been doing and I think I'll continue doing is uh, home haircuts. Really? You've been doing your home haircuts? I know yeah. a lot of people. I have a lot of friends that have been doing that. I didn't know. You, I didn't realize you were doing that. Yeah, I bought a barrack. A pair of clippers on uh, Amazon for like two thousand yen, um, and I've I've had about probably two 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 and a half haircuts. <laughs> One of them was like a, a, a trim up, so I wouldn't uh, class that as a, a full haircut. But uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've basically made my money back on my clippers, and uh, and I think it's a good investment. And yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of fun uh, to to cut your own hair. I feel a lot more comfortable doing it because. Man, the, the barbers, they never they never get it just the way I want it. You know, it's always like a little bit too long or it's too short. But when you do it yourself, you can get it exactly how you want it. Right on. I think you do it pretty well to get it, get your hair exactly. What about the back and stuff? Does, do you do that as well? Oh, uh, the back, I get the missus to do that. The back oh, and the, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think like further on down the line, when I get a bit more confident, get get a double mirror and try and do the back myself. I mean, there's a lot of like YouTube videos on how to cut your own hair. Uh, got a lot of hits during this corona time um but yeah but i think i think the main thing is just going for it having the confidence um and just just cut your hair and if you mess it up you can always just shave it all off i guess yeah, right. <laughs> i actually had my first haircut yesterday for since march so my corona locks are now gone basically did you do it yourself or did you go to no the- no i went out to the went out to the shop mate i went out to the barbers and, and had it down there a lot a lot of those uh Hair salons kind of stayed open during the um, during the whole coronavirus situation. Yeah, like I think my, my missus was going to get her hair cut and dyed still during that time. Uh, I think some people were staying away, but um, they weren't they weren't closing and they didn't do as well in terms of business. But they they still remained open. Yeah, I, well, that's what they say. Hairdressers are, are recession proof because everyone still needs to get their hair cut all the time. But. I think the place that I usually go to, it never closed. But the guys wear, they're wearing like gloves, masks, full face shields, everything. Big thing for me that's kind of stuck is uh, washing my hands like every time I go to the office. And I think just in general, like people are washing their hands a lot more in this whole coronavirus thing. But uh, yeah, every time I go to the office or if I leave the office during work to go buy lunch or something, I'm always coming in and washing my hands and uh, making sure I'm doing it uh, quite well. 
Uh, obviously, I was washing my hands a little bit before coronavirus, <laughs> but uh, I think my skills have definitely improved a lot. Using the soap this time? Yeah, that soap stuff is amazing, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I carry sterilizer with me now. Do you think that's overdoing it? <laughs> I have one in you my are, bag every time right. I go out. You are my, a germaphobe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mother would agree with you, mate. My mother, she's, she, she carries hand sanitizer with us everywhere she goes. So there you go. Do you, do you guys sterilize your phone? Uh, I, I surprisingly, I've wiped it down a couple. Of, no, I don't sterilize my phone. But when I'm home, um, if I'm around uh, the, you know, the little orange cleaner or whatever, I have given my phone a couple of squirts every now and again. Because because apparently um, s- cell phones are dirtier than your average toilet seat. <laughs> All right, this is what well, my I've, wife told me. Right. Well, I've definitely got to, got to stop licking mine. Then that's, really, <laughs> that's a habit. I'm gonna. That's it. Well, I mean, that was kind of the thing. I actually brought that up with some friends. Like you know, I mean, everyone was so worried about this whole coronavirus thing and whatnot. And like, you know, I'm not one of those people that goes into the restroom and, uh, you know, checks my phone. Of course not. But, uh, yeah, obviously there are a lot of people, you know, I am one of those people that does, uh, you know, use their uh, cell phone every now and then in the restroom. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, how often are people cleaning their cell phones yet? They're like, you know, very, very concerned about making sure they're washing their hands all the time. It's a little, a little backwards, but. One thing I hope does stay uh, around, uh, which is, you know, we've had the social distancing thing and all the shops you go into in Japan now, and I think it's in Australia as well, they've, they've got little dots on the ground where you should stand to line up for the cash registers and things like that, right? I really hope that stays around because the, I don't want to go back to the system where you have, you're packed in like, and there's some idiot standing literally two inches behind you smashing you in the back with their shopping every two seconds. And, you know, I, that drives me absolutely barmy. <laughs> and uh, I was out at the hardware store the other day picking up parts for the bar and, and, you know, they've got the lines on the ground and, of course, everyone's sitting there and there just happened to be this old lady behind me who had a basket and she was sort of in between the lines. Like she was, she was doing the typical thing and she must have hit me in the back with her basket about three times. And then on the last one, she, you know, I sort of turned around. She's like, oh, I'm really sorry. And I just felt like saying, like, there's even a line on the ground, you idiot. Like, <laughs> at what point do you not get, like, back up a little bit? <laughs> so just, I really hope that stays around because that's just good for mental health as well as physical health. I've uh, felt like it's the, the old people that have been kind of the, the problem with coronavirus. Those are the... Those tend to be the the age range that really don't care about what's happening. They're they're the ones that are out a lot. They're the ones that are like you said. They're they're not really abiding by the rules. And apparently, um, there was like a group of them that went to karaoke recently. Yeah, and they started a, a cluster of uh, a new cluster of coronavirus. Yeah, I was just uh, talking with my wife about that yesterday because uh, I was saying like, because I was even thinking at the beginning when you were mentioning that you guys had just gone to karaoke and stuff, I was thinking about that cluster and I was talking to my wife and I was like, well, I guess like, you know, karaoke bars aren't like a very safe place to go uh, when things start to open, open up again. She was like, actually, that's like a lot of elderly people that are going there during the day 
and uh, they're the ones that are causing the clusters. I think they said uh, there was 41 people in Sapporo who had been uh, infected by uh, going to karaoke, and it was a total of like 18 karaoke bars where they had had uh, multiple people uh, become infected. Um, but this was all like people that were going during the daytime. So she was saying that, yeah, it was all elderly people. <laughs> and I was like, man, they're the, at the most at risk. And, but then maybe it was like, maybe they're all getting together and they're like, we, you know, when you got to go, you got to go. So maybe, <laughs> maybe they don't care. Yeah. I think if I was that old, I would probably be more of that kind of thinking, you know, there's, there's not long left. You might as well just enjoy life while you can. So yeah, one of my new things going forward is, um, my, my phobia of uh, old people. <laughs> so I try to stay away from them now. <laughs> I always found too, was a, it was a wish, which turned into a bit of an old person diss session, but the, the, uh, I, I always found too, walking through things like the underground mall, pole town and stuff like that, that it tended to be, when I was walking along, it tended to be some, especially old guys in Japan who would just cough walking, not covering their mouth. They'd just be walking along. You'd be walking right past them. And he just coughed, like literally almost in your face. And the number of times that happened to me, wouldn't turn his head, absolutely nothing at all. And that also drives me crazy. But a lot of the, I think a lot of the thing that's been good is that because the mask thing is, you know, Japanese have always been good at wearing masks, but the mask thing has been even more prevalent during the coronavirus. Like all those old guys are now covered up with masks. So when they're walking along, they're still coughing just standing sort of upright, you know, right in people's faces, but at least they've got a mask on. So I think that's probably something that's helped get rid of the coronavirus around here. Yeah, going on from that, I've I've definitely become more germophobic. Like uh, like even when I'm on public transport, I try to avoid touching anything, which is quite tough when you're on a subway because I'm standing by the door trying to balance and not hold on to anything, which, uh, which I've been failing quite miserably recently. So I end up kind of falling onto people behind me <laughs> so i all wear gloves maybe i'll start wearing gloves you're gonna be that guy <laughs> <laughs> use your gloves to spread germs all around support i mean but it's true I, I worry about that a little bit too you know uh again like you know don't want to catch anything and but it didn't really feel good uh disinfecting our hands like that many times and especially like you know, our daughter sees us like spraying in our hands and wiping our hands and she wants to do it. And then I'm like, you know, how much do I want to protect my daughter from like, you know, strengthening her immune system? Um, you know, it's kind of like something that somebody threw out there actually when this whole coronavirus thing got started that, you know, uh, kids are not having as severe of symptoms as adults. And this might be a good opportunity for them to, you know, experience um, this type of virus. I don't know exactly how that helps or hurts their immune system uh, by being infected by this. But it is something to kind of think about, like, you know, how much are we over disinfecting or over protecting ourselves, I guess. Um, you know, some people are saying that our immune systems might become, might be getting weaker as a result of all of this uh, worry and care. What I heard in um, kindergarten uh, that the kids are back at school now, but they're not wearing face masks in classes. So maybe that could be one of the reasons why they haven't kind of pushed for for them to keep them on. But elementary school, they have to wear face masks. Um, but for some reason, kindergarten, they don't have to. Hmm. 
Maybe just because the kids won't keep them on anyways. Mm. Yeah, it's probably really hard to keep a bunch of kids with face masks on. I'd say. Right. Policing. I, yeah, I did see that article, though, that they were like interviewing, or I don't know if they were interviewing, but they were talking with kids from like elementary school and they were complaining that schools become a lot more boring because they're basically sitting in like these, inclu- you know, inclusive structures around their desks to prevent, you know, infection to those around them. So yeah. Like, and they're not allowed to like, I guess, talk too much or, I mean, Maybe they weren't allowed to talk too much even before, but it sounds like things have changed for them a little bit for the worse in their opinion. Well, my my university classes are starting to go back to face-to-face classes, but they're slowly uh, getting them back in. But the way they're doing it is they're, they're having like a third of the students in a class and then they're going to social distance them. So they're going to spread them out across the whole classroom. So they're not allowed to talk. So there's no group work. There's no pair work. Um, me, the teacher, I have to wear a face mask. So it's going to be difficult for them to to hear me talk. So I'll probably have to wear some kind of microphone. Um, and then the rest of the students are going to be carrying online. So, and then they're going to rotate like week by week, which is a is a pain for me because it means I'm I have to do a, a live class and an online class. And I don't see the benefit for students in terms of the ones that are coming to the class. They actually probably learn more online because at least they can communicate with each other through Zoom or uh, Google Meets or something like that. Hmm. But yeah, this is the the strategy the universities are starting to impose at the moment. Right. It seems a bit strange doing the same lesson like two times over really doesn't it like yeah yeah i have uh i actually have a, a test coming up a midterm test and half the class is going to be doing it online and half the class is going to be doing it live which is going to be a bit of a, a nightmare but i guess we'll see how that goes why why did you say like some of them are coming in is it just because they don't have like the uh connectivity or something to do things online or no because they want to slowly uh get regular classes back um to you know full face to face but this is um the way they're kind of slowly bringing it back in um uh, yeah i mean it, it changes on a on a weekly basis the like what they're planning first it was like okay we're doing everything online for the whole semester and then last week it got uh, another email that like, we're going to try this out and then that will probably change depending on what happens if uh, if the virus starts to spread again. So yeah, it's uh, it's all fun and games uh, teaching English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly sounds like it, Ben. I'm glad you're doing that job, mate. But the good thing is, it's like I've had to learn a lot of um, you know like online teaching materials like Google Classroom and Google Forms. So my my uh, technical skills have got a lot better, and it's it's been kind of. A little bit fun, I guess, like learning, learning new things is always, is always fun to learn new things. Well, do you prefer like the, uh, in-person classes, uh, looking at both at this point, which would you prefer going forward? I'll be honest. I kind of like the online stuff because, uh, <laughs> I don't have to worry about, uh, disciplining annoying students or if they're not paying attention. <laughs> because if, you know, I can't control it if it's online because, you know, if they want to not be there, there's nothing I can really do about it. You know, I can't like shout at them or anything. 
<laughs> Shout at an empty computer screen, basically. <laughs> yeah. Where Come are back. you? <laughs> what are you doing? Is there is there like an attendance requirement for the online classes? There is, there is, but you know, there's there's very simple ways around that. We all they have to do is enter a, a code um to show that they've been there, but once they've entered that code, they can just disappear and there's no way of us knowing whether they're there or not, because they can keep their screens off. As in, you know, like on Zoom, the, the camera, they can just keep it off so we can't see them. Um, yeah, that's not a requirement. So, yeah, it's very easy to uh, to get around that. Oh, well, yeah. kids these days, they don't know kids how to do that. I mean, the online stuff, I mean, can they record it and, and replay it later on and stuff like that as well? They can do that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can do that too. So there are, I mean, I guess the good thing is, is that they have access to all the, the study materials so they can study all in their own time but whether they're going to do that or not is is uh, is the big problem but then you know they they should be old enough and responsible enough to to do it themselves but you'd be surprised at university students in Japan at how you know <laughs> how a, bad they are bit. at studying <laughs> A big, there's a big word there. Should, should be. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen, I used to be a high school teacher, mate. I've seen a lot of should be's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if you're thinking of starting a podcast, everyone, it's uh, it's actually really easy. But one of the most important things you'll need is a podcast hosting site to get listed on all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. And through lots of research and some trial and error, uh, Burke and I decided to use Buzzsprout. Uh, What's good about Buzzsprout, Burke? Well, just like you said, we did a lot of research uh, trying to decide on a platform, and Buzzsprout was always at the top of the list uh, for paid sites. In terms of value for money, uh, I really don't think you can beat Buzzsprout. They've got a lot of great features. The statistics are always clear and easy to understand. They provide a lot of tutorials and video format and articles about ways that uh, we can improve our podcast. Uh, they've got an awesome player that looks great that they let us uh, put onto our own website as well. So, yeah, I think just overall value for money, uh, Buzzsprout cannot be beat. So if you decide to use Buzzsprout, uh, follow the link in our show notes. Uh, if you do that, it lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you. And you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up. And we'll get a small commission from that. So by doing that, you'll also help support our podcast. So that's a win-win for everyone. So what are you waiting for? Start your podcast today. How about you guys? You got any other things that you think you will continue doing that you've picked up during coronavirus? Uh, one thing I guess I will mention is, uh, the pressure around the house for me to be a lot more involved in things, uh, work wise, housework, (laughs) shall we say, uh, my responsibilities have increased, but my pay has remained the same. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I've, uh, kind of committed more to, uh, cooking, um, and I think it's something that uh, no matter how hard I try to go back to the way it was before, uh, that will probably remain the same. That I'll be contrib- contributing more to the cooking. How often are you? Uh, how often are you cooking? Uh, still not enough. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a question for the wife, isn't it, Ben? <laughs> yeah. The, well, the way we should look at it is like <laughs> during the week, you know, I still can't make it home in time early enough to prepare anyway. So there's basically only two days where my cooking could increase. And in that sense, you know, my responsibilities have increased 50%. So I'm cooking at least once on the weekend. <laughs> there you go. It's all an in the math. It's all in the math. Yeah. 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 At least this is an improvement. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what about, uh, are there any things that you guys are like, can't wait until it does return to normal or the way it was before? Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, things like the movie theaters and stuff uh, getting getting back up and running. Um, I'm not sure if they are open yet, to be honest, but they, they may have opened up since the lockdown. But um, it was a phase lockdown, and I the the movie theatres were still closed. There's some things like that that I'm looking forward to, to getting back to. A um, bit of a movie goer, so I've missed that quite a lot. And, uh, yeah, I just sort of basically getting the bars and restaurants and stuff back up and running normally. Sort of looking forward to that. I used to eat out a fair bit, so looking forward to maybe doing a little bit more of that again. The cinemas, are they going to do social distancing there? Like you have to have a seat in between you and the next person. That's certainly what they've done in Australia, talking to uh, my folks back home. So the cinemas were obviously closed for a very long time and they've only just been allowed to reopen over there, but they've got uh, two or three seats between people or something like that. And even if you're in the same group, they've, They've got to actually like, you know, almost like police tape across each seat. <laughs> You're not allowed to sit on. Do not and, sit here. And no more, uh, no more touching up your date at a movie theatre. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got to social distance that. Two metres, two metres. Two metres, two metres. I'm looking forward to going back. Well, we've already gone back to, uh, to jiu-jitsu at our local gym. We've gone back to reg- almost regular classes. We're sparring again. We're rolling. But we have to wear face masks during the whole session, which I don't really understand what it's doing. I don't think it helps very much because face masks are always coming off during rolls. And, yeah, I don't think it's very effective doing that. But I guess uh, the dojo is trying to show that they're doing something. But hopefully uh, that will stop. So once they stop having, we stop having to wear face masks, that's why I'm looking forward to rolling properly again because it's really hard to roll with a, with a mask on. Just you get out of breath very quickly. Obviously your mask gets really sweaty. So yeah, that's, uh, that's one thing I'm, I'm not enjoying at the moment. My biggest thing is I'm just looking forward to being able to go out and like meet up with people again. I don't know how it's going to be like, because again, maybe a lot of restaurants and stuff are going to have like limitations on the number of people that can sit at the same table. But uh, man, just being in in Japan in general and having all these uh, opportunities to have great food, like being taken away from you, kind of like defeats the purpose of being in Japan a little bit. And then like the summer months and everyone getting together and socializing and stuff. I don't know how it's going to be uh, when everything opens up completely again, but I'm really looking forward to getting back to stuff like that. Gareth, what about your bar reopening? Are you going to impose some kind of restrictions? Uh, actually, to be honest, I haven't really thought about it. The answer to that is is more or less no. Uh, the, the government of Japan has said that well, we don't need to anymore. 
Um, we are going to have uh, obviously sanitizer at the door and just ask patrons to, you know, sanitize their hands on the way in. Um, but I mean, the bar itself is very, very small space. It's a very fairly narrow space. So, um, you know, I, to to enforce social distancing is is next to impossible. <laughs> yeah, like there's just not enough room to have social distancing. We don't only have two people in the bar. So, um, yeah, no, I don't think we can, to be honest with you. So, but. Uh, I, you know, it seems that Japan has gotten the coronavirus thing under control here. Uh, obviously, the case numbers are dropping. They're still having some clusters, as we have we seen from a bunch of old people. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it's getting relatively good here. I think most people are wearing their masks. But I don't know when you're out at a bar eating and drinking, it's very hard to you can't sit around wearing a mask. So we'll just have to see how we go. I think. Yeah, I, I feel that way. I feel like things are almost back to normal and i'm not so anxious anymore as as i was previously so yeah i think um i think it's all right to kind of start to get things back to normal again yeah well the, the hospital numbers are really tapered tapered off in japan and in and, and it's really only i mean hokkaido was one of the major centers for it at one stage but it's tapered off a lot now and tokyo's still got a few cases and stuff like that coming up at the We've never had in Japan that big spike. They keep talking about why that was so, and there's a couple of different reasons for it, but we've never really had it. You know, I think that, um, I don't know, yeah, I get the feeling that it's pretty much under control at the moment, to be honest with you. I'm starting to feel fairly positive about what's happening. They're starting to reopen the country in Japan. So uh, they did put out the notice that said uh, at least foreign nationals who were trapped overseas, who are residents of Japan, can start to come back into the country and stuff like that. So... I don't know. The Japanese feel like they've started to get under control. So I don't know. I think we we just have to be careful, and obviously uh, we keep our bottles of disinfectant around the place and clean everything as much as we can, and, and just hope for the best from there. I suppose at the moment. Yep, that's all we can do. That's all mm. we can do. Thanks for coming on again, Gareth. Yeah, no worries. Um, Thanks very much for having me. When is your bar reopening again? What's the, what's uh, the date? The bar is reopening again on uh, Friday the 26th Sweet. of this month. Yeah, of uh, June. So it'll be open from there. So we'll have craft beers and uh, tapas style menu uh, with a new chef. So uh, anybody who uh, comes through Sapporo, please come on down. Uh, it's Barefoot Bar in Tanaki Koji Rokuchome or 6 o'clock basically. Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah, good on you, mate. Please come down. Just before we sign off, I will say one more thing, which is uh, just uh, I'd like to say happy birthday to my wife today. So it's, it's her birthday today. So I hope we have a good day. Oh, yeah. Nice. yeah. Even though she, prob- she probably wants to be social distanced from me, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cheers, cheers Gareth. Take good to hear from you guys. Take care. Thanks, thanks for listening, man. everyone. And uh, catch you next time. Bye.